Greetings and salutations. I'm Tony, Motoroy on XJTalk.com, and this is the show about Jeep Cherokees. Jeep Cherokee XJTalk.com show. I think this is episode 26. You know, I need to look this stuff up. Uh, yes. I am correct, sir. Episode 26. We're going to talk about your idle air controller and you. Exciting stuff. And we're talking about it because I just recently uh, messed with mine and uh, had some uh, interesting results. The results were good and then they weren't as good. Still good, just not as good. Anyway, we'll get to that in uh, hopefully uh, your calls in just a moment. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Well, first off, first off, what I'd like to do is recognize the uh, the three people that we have in our chat room that's uh, listening to the uh, live show, watching the static uh, banner um, on Ustream. It's uh, Dalton 4x4, VW Fool Y, and Weldman. Welcome, guys. Thanks for uh, joining, and uh, thanks for being here on time. I try to do the same. Uh, by the way, uh, Weldman, I've been wanting to know, what is the result of your gas mileage from uh, using the Performance Distributor Firewire 4.0 kit? Weldman didn't know I was going to ask him, so I don't know if he's going to uh, be in the position to answer quickly or not, but I'll give him a second to do that. Basically, we had a, a giveaway, and... Um, uh, we gave uh, Weldman one, and uh, he uh, installed his Performance Distributor 4.0 uh, Firewire kit, and he was seeing an improvement on his gas mileage. At least it looked like it was. 
and uh, he should have had at least uh, one tank of gas run through it by now. And I'm just kind of curious if uh, if the mileage in your how many miles you got per tank went up, increased. Anything noticeable? Weldon says, yes, I did. And he says, or am. Yeah, I know. You haven't taken it off, which is a good sign. I'm just curious if uh, if you saw, what were you getting? Like 140 miles uh, to a tank? Sure, man. Give it a call. Um which one, uh, well, I don't know. You surprised me. You can do the one, Skype or uh, the, the phone number. Calling would be better. We may have to mess with it. I haven't uh, haven't used the phone uh, hookup here for a while, so I uh, may have to adjust levels and stuff, so you just have to, have to bear with me. Yeah, we're going to talk to Weldman. He's going to call in and talk to, about, to talk to us about his performance firewire um, results. And uh, then uh, I'm going to talk to you about uh, my uh, my cleaning of my idle air control. Um, I don't I don't really want to call it a sensor because I th I think if I understand its its function properly, uh, it's a, a little stepper motor that uh, moves a piston in and out this little uh, area. That uh, oh here we go Skype. I was looking at the phone. All right, so. Uh, Press this little button, and uh, you can say something. I don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Oh, excellent. Yep, there's I a, can hear you. There's a lot of buzz on your signal, though. Yeah, i got to turn uh, the volume down on the... Oh, hold on. I'm just going to close this window. Okay. All right. We're good. Okay, well, still, <clears throat> still got a buzz going on there, but... Uh, Maybe we can work through it. So anyway, what what have you found out with your uh, with the kit? Well, what I noticed right off the bat was uh, right off the throttle acceleration. So um, better throttle response. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it was like as soon as you hit the gas, it the, the truck responds just like that. Um, which is funny because I actually downloaded on the way home from work today a uh, uh, app for my my phone, my my Droid, that's uh, called. Uh, hold on, it's U L Y S S E Speed uh, Speedometer, and it's got a a bunch of different apps that are all in one, and it shows uh, mileage traveled. How much you travel today uh, it's got a compass it's got a GPS location to know how close you are to um, like the different satellites how whatever um, it's got a, a 0 to 60 uh, time a 0 to 100 time and a quarter mile time um, and what I found out today was is that uh, my quarter mile doing you know, X amount of miles per hour, you know, I, I found it quite interesting as in um, how long it takes you to travel a quarter mile. Um, I haven't looked into, uh, I want to look into uh, finding an application for my phone that will actually uh, help me figure out gas mileage because I also figured out today my, my speedo is off about... Uh, 
Oh, four to six miles per hour. The slower I go, it seems it seems like it, the, the closer it gets to exactly what what the the mile per hour is is actually supposed to be. Um, the higher I get, like if I'm doing forty miles per hour, uh, I'm actually doing forty seven. So it seems like the higher I get on the on the needle, the more off the the, the speedometer is. So yeah, um, that that's typical of. Uh different size tires than what is stock because the the little gear in the transfer case is set for you know certain diameter uh tires yeah i asked a question last week um regarding that um with uh you know how much difference it makes i mean does it it does it show that you're going slower but you're going faster or does it show that you're going slower faster but you're actually going slower and what I had understood, um, I can't remember the person I, that, that responded to me. It wasn't you. <laughs> That's why I was going, <laughs> Tony, read, read, read the, <laughs> read what I'm writing. Um, but uh, the way I took it was is that it, it showed that you were going, you're actually moving slower than what your speedo is saying. So if I'm doing 40, um, I'm actually only doing. Uh, doing 35 and the problem i was having is i'm doing you know the speed limit's 40 miles an hour uh for the most part of my, my drive to work and i'm like bumper to bumper with the guy in front of me and i'm like jesus man the speed limit's 40 miles an hour let's go um but my speedo is showing like 35 miles an hour well if i understand it correctly and i get it confused as well as uh getting left and right confused so um mm. <laughs> the the tire yeah the tire is bigger around so right. for it to make one complete revolution yeah, you, you're actually traveling you travel further. you're traveling further with a larger tire right so right. if you don't change the gear in the transfer case which i highly recommend that you do because it's only like 25 bucks and it's a, a five minute thing one one bolt and the little bracket comes off there, and you pull the thing out of the transfer case. You pop off the gear, pop on the new gear, and it has a set, the gear has a shaft on it. You right. pop it; it just pops into place. You put it back in. You put that bracket on, and you have to you have to turn it, uh, it to get it to uh, engage. But actually, if you just pay attention to how you take it out, is the same way you put it back in. You know, you drive yeah. it you drive it five feet, and then you can or, or fifty feet, and you can see that you're actually getting. A reading then you the gear is meshing properly right then you can get back underneath there and, and you know tighten it up uh you can do it by just by a finger tight to start with to test it but anyway i mean literally five or ten minutes and 25 bucks and your speedometer will read correctly for your size tire well i'll tell you this program i downloaded for my phone uh my droid um it actually shows your mile per hour via gps and what I found really interesting is, and that's where I, okay, the interesting part was finding out that at my lower speeds, I was actually, it was actually closer to what the mile per hour was that I was traveling. And at higher speeds, it was further off. Um, and it, it's pretty close. I mean, it, it's like, you know, if I'm doing 45, um, the, the GPS is actually saying I'm doing about 48 to 50 miles per hour. So, like I said, the higher I get, the the more off it seems to to to, to get. Right. Well, that, um, that that's very typical. And 
you know, you, you don't have to change the gear, and it can just stay off if you like it. I never did care for it. Way back when I first did my first four-wheel drive, I didn't care for it because uh, I was a lot more concerned about, uh, you know, uh, police and being pulled over for speeding. But um, to me, it's just a no-brainer. It's very easy to, to fix on the on the Cherokee, and <laughs> I, I would do it immediately. But if well, if you want to go by the app, you have to remember to open the app. you got to remember to run the app, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. I- yeah, I dock, I dock my phone every time I get into it because it's actually illegal in Wisconsin to to um, talk on your your cell phone while you're driving now. Those Nazi bastards. Yeah, it's actually a smart move because you get so many people that are yakking on their phone. They don't use their fracking blinkers, which really annoys the schnizzle out of me. Well, using um, using your blinkers gives away your strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Um, but, uh, with, uh, you know, yakking on your phone or, you know, texting or, you know, I had, I had a girl in front of me yesterday that, uh, the light turned green, all the traffic in front of her, which is about six cars took off and she's still sitting in the same spot, like, you know, 40 feet from the light and she's got her foot on a brake and she's you know I can I can see she's got both arms up and she's you know typing away try, responding to some text she got you know and then blow the horn uh, I've said um, it before and I'll say it again air horn yeah you know it's funny I, I I should I should actually record the sound of my horn on my on my jeep because uh it, it's uh, I think most of them come with uh dual horns you know there's there's actually two horns and yep. they're 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 tuned um, mine actually sounds like a freight train. I mean, it's not like, you know, abundantly loud, but, uh, it, uh, just, the, just the noise it makes it, it sounds like a, a freight train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. But anyway, yeah. let's get back to the, the gas mileage thing here. Yeah. How many, um, how many miles? Cause it, cause it doesn't matter as far as if you're reading accurately or not, you were getting a hundred and I think 140 uh, miles. Uh, and, and, and granted, the miles were not measured accurately, right? But, but it, this is just a benchmark at this point. So nothing, uh, nothing's changed as far as your your gearing goes. So no, no so no, it was So it was 140 before. What is it now? Um, I was getting, and I'd run it down to just like you you said in one of the posts you made. Um, I run it down to about uh, about an eighth of a tank. I've never run it empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I filled. Uh, this Friday before, cause I took my son to work. I filled the Friday before, um, I put the kid on, I put the kid on, on Monday and at the end of the week, um, just running those, those five days. Now there's two additional days involved there. Um, by Friday, uh, when I ended up filling again, I had, uh, 200 and 236 miles on that tank so i'm really interested and actually eager to see what i'm going to have left on friday of this week um with the kit on it uh and i i i did the post with the air filter and you know Mm -hmm. i I can't remember who it was but they had mentioned that uh well how are you going to tell what what actually made the difference I think and, I think uh, it's pretty clear because if if just opening well, definitely. The, just opening the airbox if just opening the airbox would make that big a difference. Well, um, I, I know. don't know. I don't know. It, it it runs a lot smoother, and like I said, the the lower end throttle response 
and it, it, I, I built a, I, I haven't posted it yet. I should post some pictures. Um, I built a four wheel drive mud dragster and this is true four wheel drive, not a two wheel wonder, you know, mm. one front, one rear. This was all four lit up. I could smoke the tires on dry pavement with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a Ford. Thank you very much. Big Jim, if you're on here. Um, and I ran a stock distributor for about the first uh, eight races. And then my brother said, you know, because I was complaining about the, the, the throttle response right off the bat, you know, because I, when you stage waiting for the light, um, I would notice that there was a hesitation. As soon as I hit the throttle, it'd be like, uh, it'd kind of fall a little bit. Like, I, I call it falling on your face. Um, it would fall a little bit and then all of a sudden hit and off it went. Um, I was running a 400 big block um, with a 700 and something CFM carburetor. Uh, and he's like, why don't you try this? And he gave me to just put in it because he's a Mustang collector, a uh, vintage classic Mustangs. Um, he, he gave me a, a, a oh, what the hell's the name of that uh, distributor? Uh, it's not Firewire, it's something else. But anyway, Mallory? I put that, yeah, yeah, the whole kit, coil, distributor, basically what, what I got from you. Um, I put that thing in, and I'll tell you what, Tony, that, that thing, the, the, the low-end throttle response was just unbelievable. It was like threefold. Okay. Well, let me get you back to the Jeep. Now, okay. With, with, with the Jeep, you were seeing, is 140 uh, miles per tank correct? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, so, it, it was. Yeah, it was like one forty, one sixty. Well, let's, let, yeah, let's okay. Let's say one sixty. So you were getting one hundred and sixty miles to the tank, and the the miles were not measured correctly because you found out that your speedometer is off. But it but it doesn't matter because it's still off after the performance of firewire, and you were right. seeing two hundred and thirty, and you only drove that five. Um, you only had the 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 kit on the five days out of the seven days that you dro- drove it. I mean, Correct. you filled up, and then uh, two days later, you installed the kit, and then five days later, you had well, you that's when I got 230. It. No, I'm just I'm just making sure that it, we're clear for everybody to understand. You you saw something you you went up by uh, what is that um, 80, 80 miles more on the tank. Yeah, it's about uh, thirty. Was that about thirty five percent? Yeah. So, and, and you made no other changes other than the performance distributor firewire kit and opening and up and opening yep. up the airbox a little bit. Well, I put a K&N. I got a K&N filter in there now. So, you know, when I did when I did the K&N, I was like, "Oh, what the hell?" You know, I might as well open up and it's, you know, the stock <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the stock airbox, the the air opening is like Two and a quarter inches wide by like you know three and three quarter tall right so i was like hmm you know went up on the loft and i was like well what do i got laying around so i found a four inch flange for a, a pvc it's a it's like a floor drain i'm like oh, i wonder if i could make this work so you know right well so uh you know more air is better but uh in you you race so you know it's like over putting a too big of a carburetor on an engine. It doesn't matter. You can't put a, a 950 double pumper 
on a small block Chevy unless you unless it is actually going to make use of that because of well, the higher compression. It, it right. Basically, you have to have more airflow through there, and if the engine's not capable of that, the the carburetor is is being underused and actually can can be a detriment to to, to per, making power. So, in, unless you have a bigger throttle body or something different in there, opening up that air box isn't going to help you unless there's a restriction. In other words, unless the engine wants it, 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 it didn't, it's not going to make a difference. Right. Well, well, well as you were saying, with the, the, the carburetor not... Um, the, carburetor, the carburetor is contributing too much. It's doing more than what the motor the, the motor wants. Yeah. I mean, you know? So when you throw when you throw a um you know a huge carb on a small motor, which a lot of people do, yeah, it's it's quicker. <laughs> yeah, because it's really cool. I got and it's really neat to be able to say, hey, I got a Holly nine fifty double pumper on my three twenty seven. Yeah, it's like, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> that but might you, be a little put, much. <laughs> yeah, did you put your nose by the tailpipe? You're, yeah. you're wasting half the fuel that's going into that carburetor, and hey, that, it's coming out the tailpipe. That just means it's doing good because you're going through a lot of gas. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not when you can actually see the not when yeah, exactly. you can actually watch the the gas gauge drop. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, it it all goes hand in hand. So. You, you, all you guys out there that that you know are looking to uh, whether you're looking to increase fuel economy, uh, which is what I wanted to do, and you know Tony obviously uh, had the same intentions with his. Um, you know, if you're a, a part-time wheeler or whatever it is that you are, um, just remember that it, it both of those go hand in hand. So. You know, just putting a K&N filter on, yeah, you're probably going to see a, a 2%, 3% increase in fuel economy. But uh, if you're looking to get the, the high numbers for fuel economy, you're, you're, you're going to want to do a couple of things. You know, you're, 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 you want better plugs, for one. And I'll tell you what, you know, switching to them champions, I, I, you know, I was a little, little apprehensive at first. Going to the champions. Well, what were you using before? Because champion is, auto, is the good auto old lights. standby. Auto lights. Hmm. But you, but you, you did use champion, and you did a what was it? A point oh five four, oh five five. Yep. Oh five four. Yep. I I kind of fell in between what you said you did, and what the maximum that the manufacturer was suggesting. Um, because you said you didn't have much luck going to the O sixty five. Well, well, of course, the whole reason why I had two two kits is because there was something up with my aftermarket uh, CPS uh, crank position sensor right. that was was not liking the the performance uh, equipment that I was mm-hmm. putting on there. And and being the good guys that performance distributor is, they sent me a bunch of additional parts, overnighted them so that I could try to fix this. So I went through a lot of grief. Trying to trying to fix this this problem, and it was really strange because it ran fine with all the old stuff on there. So I was taking it off and putting it back on, taking it off, put it back on, and then right. I just got so frustrated with it. One day, I, I just tried putting the original factory CPS back on it, and it cleared right up. But even after that, I still had a problem running a large gap on the Champion spark plugs, and I I think I did try something 
maybe I went with uh, the 065 and then it didn't run to my satisfaction and then I dropped it down to whatever it was I had in the post. I think you read it. You told me because I have forgotten what, what gap I was using. Yeah, well, I think factory is uh, 044 or something. 035. Okay. Yeah, I think you, oh, okay, that was what you used. You you, you ended up going with uh, 44, I think. Yeah, it's probably 45. But uh, yeah, I didn't go. I didn't go uh, as high as you did, and I, I certainly didn't do the sixty-five. But uh, it it ran and it r- seemed to run well. Now the thing I, I noticed no um, mile per gallon increase in my with my kit. Um, I noticed um, it ran smoother, uh, and also too I have this. I've had this problem since it was brand new. If when the the fuel level gets really low and I make a left hand turn. Uh, a sharp left-hand turn, it would sputter, and then you know would pick back up. Like whenever the fuel level came back over to the pump and it was picking up, I guess the the fuel pressure was going down. Yeah. Oh, oh well, and, I'll, and, and I'll say real quick, the the noise that you're hearing when Weldman is talking is is something over on his end. So that that noise that you're hearing, yeah, I hear it too, and he's aware of it. And we apologize for the sand quality, but. Uh, you know, don't. It's nothing with your equipment or, or my equipment. It's something coming from from Weldman, and, and his information is is to me is well worth hearing, even with the buzz. Well, I apologize for that. No, no, it's okay. I, I, I just want to make know. sure people it, it know. Kind of, it it kind of gets louder and then quieter. Is it? Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah. It comes and goes. Yeah, I I I'm hearing the same thing. I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is. There's a there's a guy up the street here with a big uh, CB radio with a um, running a linear on his base station, mm-hmm. and that guy he'll he'll talk through my speakers sometimes. Yeah, the uh, you don't have a fluorescent light on, do you? Nope. Hmm. All that's running is uh, well. Here, let me shut my my uh, monitor off for my surveillance system. Nope. See, it's kind of it seems like it got worse now. Yeah, yeah, all that's on now is my PC and uh, the monitor. Well, it's not that big a deal. I just want to make sure that people that are that are listening or listening to the podcast later are aware that they're aware it's not something with their equipment. It, it is coming right. from from. Oh, there. okay, okay. So that's the only reason why I was mentioning it. I wasn't trying to pick on you. Yeah, um, Kurt's got, Kurt's got shitty equipment. Hey, <laughs> I, I appreciate the information and you calling mm-hmm. in though. So, so this is this is a big deal now. Certainly, and, and now I have not used the the any aftermarket uh, uh, breather or anything because uh, I actually an owner of one of the uh, vendors uh, was telling me because I was looking at, at changing out uh, putting in that metal tube and a one of those conical uh, filters, probably a K and N. And he told me that he 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 tried several things and that was one. And this is on a, a Jeep Cherokee, and that was one of the things. Absolutely no difference. So, so you get better air, you might get better uh, throttle response, but it did not. It, it did not improve the the MPG. And now we don't know from from your setup because you did two things at once, right? So it may it may have helped, but my personal feeling is based on the information that I've read on on several posts and what I heard firsthand from somebody that has you know, put one of those things on a, a Jeep Cherokee and and tried actually two or three of them cuz since he's a vendor he he has access to the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. He says it makes no difference and it wasn't worth me spending my $200 to get one. And that actually that was kind of cheap. I was looking at a cheap one. Uh, those things go up to, up to $300. 
<clears throat> well, that's kind of odd for a vendor to be telling you that. Well, I'm not going to tell you which vendor. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He was he was being a good guy by yeah. by letting me know, and uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, uh, now it, it very well may work fine on a different engine. It, it it really goes back to the same. I think the same discussion that we were having about the the carburetor. If the carburetor is not going to make use of the additional air fuel, then it's a waste. So if there's not a restriction uh, for the 4.0, then the additional airflow is going to be wasted. It, it's not gonna it's not gonna suck any more air in. Now you might get right. better throttle response, and the the air filter may be uh, less restrictive. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, but I, I'm based. I'm just saying this because I think that you're seeing this big jump in gas mileage because of the performance distributor uh, firewire kit, and that, I'm very enthused by that because I was hoping to see a increase for mine and I didn't. And I've read. I mean, before I before I spent my hundred and seventy nine dollars on that right. kit, uh, I did research on it. There was no way I wanted to spend that much money. For something that wasn't going to do do me any good, so I read several sources that had measured results and saw increases like what you're talking about. Right. Well, the 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 the, the thing is, Tony, is that if if you like you were saying with uh, with the carburetor thing, now you you throw a firewire kit on a on a on a vehicle, now you have hotter spark. And you're burning more fuel. You're not expelling raw fuel. You know the, the, right. the catalytic converter. For those of you that don't, don't know, I don't know how many people are on right now. But the cat, what the cat does is the cat is there to burn off excess fuel before it exits the tailpipe. Yep. So, <clears throat> and that's one thing I just thought of the whole reset the computer thing because I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, by by doing that, I was hoping to I'm hoping to see a even a, a better increase in fuel economy. Because um, like you, you know, I travel 44 to 46 miles, whatever it is exactly, um, every day back and forth to work. Um, excuse me. Yeah, 40, so, 44 is what I travel, so it, it sounds like we have a similar commute. Yeah. Well, I, I take all the back roads because I still got that damn depth wobble because I can't afford to get a, a decent track bar. Um, but, uh, Rikies, where the hell was I going? Um, I want to help you, but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you increase your spark, so you're burning more of the fuel that's in the cylinder. Now, if you increase airflow, the computer senses that there was actually a write-up that uh, somebody sent me a link to one of the posts on the site that was talking about if you move a certain sensor on the manifold, which is your, well, normally it's called the the MAF, the mass airflow sensor, um, and all that does is it it reads how much how much air is traveling through the the intake, and it adjusts the fuel. <clears throat> to accommodate for how much air you're taking in and whatever. Um, well, let me, let me make a quick correction. It's actually a map sensor, MAP. And that's, uh, I believe that uh, reads air pressure, not flow. 
because we don't have a, a mass airflow sensor on the Jeep. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at. Um, that's why they're not mounted in the airbox. Right. Yeah, on the it's, newer it's on, vehicles, it's on, the, on, on mine anyway. It's on the side of the, thro- uh, the side of the throttle body. Right. Well, on on well, you have a '98. Yes. Okay. Mine's a '95. Mine's mounted on. It's behind the throttle body in the manifold. Um. <clears throat> so moving that, you know, the guy said he saw you know three miles more per gallon by moving that. Well, okay. Well, that's wonderful, but it's not utilizing what it's for. Right. Uh. So. I, I guess um, to kind of wrap this up, I don't know if anybody else wants to call in or not. Uh, by increasing the amount of airflow through the motor and increasing the amount of spark and how much fuel um, the engine's burning uh, is definitely going to um, be, you know, Obviously, that's better, uh, but if you if you just do one or the other by increasing the amount of spark or how much fuel the motor's burning, but it's still not taking in enough air. Do, do you know what I'm getting at? Right, but to increase the air, you have to increase the fuel, and to increase the fuel, it requires yeah, yeah, different it, different pressure regulator. It requires uh, a different injector. I think what the the performance distributor firewire kit is is geared towards is burning the air fuel mixture that's in the cylinder better. But the computer manages that. The computer manages how much fuel is injected. If there's X amount of air coming in and X amount of fuel being burnt, so that's what your your you know your O2 sensors are doing. It's it's sensing the the the, the how, uh, how hot the fuel is or how hot the burn is coming out so the the increased temperature of more fuel burning is going to increase the amount of fuel coming in and all 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 old two sensor is it, it's a switch it goes on and off that's it so you guys that uh, buy the cheap old you know code readers or whatever and it says your o2 sensor is bad um it, it, with a computer like you have, Tony, you can actually see what the O2 sensor is doing. Right. And you can see the increase or decrease in the amount of fuel that's being input, you know, put, put into the motor. So that'll increase or decrease depending on how much, how hot your burn is and how much flow of air you have coming into the motor. Right. Yeah, I think th- I understand what you're saying, but I think that there's a limit in the programming on the ECM as far as how far it'll go, and there's certainly a limit on on the pressure that's uh, being sent from the the fuel pump. And I think this is why people that have uh, that build strokers uh, often don't see the performance improvements that they thought they were going to get out of it because they didn't change the the intake, they didn't increase the airflow. Uh, it's the engine itself, you know, you, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, you do have to change the injector, so there's more fuel. But if you don't increase several aspects of it, then it, then the the computer is not going to be able to to do better for you. So I, I don't think that um, I don't think that the additional air I don't think the 4.0 is going to require more air than than 
I mean, certainly what you did is fine. I don't think that that, that opening that up, you know, a couple of uh, square centimeters is going to, uh, is going to be too much air. I think that's going to be fine, but I don't also too, don't think that it's going to increase your gas mileage by 35%. That would be too easy. And, right. and you yeah. know, the 4.0, oh, one of the things yeah, that I, Jeep had a problem with, with the 4.0 was they, they, they discontinued that engine because they were not getting the gas mileage out of it that they wanted to. That's why they put the underpowered piece of crap, uh, V sixes or whatever it is they have in the TJs or I'm sorry, the JKs now. Yeah. So I don't, you know, if it was something as simple as opening up that that aperture on the airbox, <laughs> they would have done that. Yeah, but it, it, you know engineers like I know engineers, and those are guys, pencil pushers that sit behind a desk and go, well, yeah, this looks good, and according to the numbers and the computer saying that the flow is right and whatever, whatnot, and being in the business that I am, engineers if they're sitting by behind a desk and they're, they're not actually utilizing the product you know what i mean it's like a hands-on thing right uh, so, I, I don't know I, I i don't go i don't agree with that analogy i think that it's uh whenever you're talking about uh millions of dollars in, in a, uh, a product that they made almost uh uh, what 2.5 million of those things it would be much to their advantage to figure it out to make it work and they didn't they came out with a liberty instead so uh i i do think that the engineers know knew what it was what was going on especially with something that had been running that long that they had been on the road that long so uh i don't know why but your 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 noise has gotten worse so uh i want to i'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up and uh really thank you for calling in and uh, very interested to see how your um your gas mileage results uh, work in the future and and i urge you get that gear to go in there because then it'll be really easy for you to track your your gas mileage because you can just use your odometer right yeah yeah i'm definitely planning on doing that um the other thing i want to do is i want to i want to go to the 411s I want to get rid of those 355s. Yeah, that should that should help. It, that's the thing that helped me the most. I'm sure you read my post. I think I saw yeah, two, yeah, two and a half mile per gallon out of it. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening to me, Yak. Hey, and thanks for calling in and uh, listening to the show. And uh, hope to uh, catch you on the site when we get done. All righty. Thank you again. All Bye-bye. right. Peace out, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, that's great. That was even better than what I was hoping for because uh, I was just asking uh, uh, Kurt Weldman uh, what he was seeing, uh, if he was seeing an improvement. I thought he was based on some of the things he had said on the site. And wow, that's great. Uh, from seeing 160 miles per tank to uh, 235, I, I, I can't help but believe he's tickled at that, uh, especially with the way ga- gas prices are. We've had a few more people uh, show up. Uh, looks like show up and leave. Um, well, no, I guess Dalton had to leave. Uh, that happens with Dalton. He's good about uh, being here when we start, but I think he's got something going on uh, later in the evening. Uh, Dancing with the Stars isn't on, so it, it probably isn't that. Anyway, uh, Wayne in New Zealand has joined us, CanTab27. Uh, and and uh, often I'll say the first name of the individual and then their name on XJ Talk. CanTab27 is... Uh, his name on XJ Talk. And uh, Argonard, which is Rini, he's in here. And uh, hopefully we'll see Weldman jump back in. 
Well, gosh, uh, Big Jim. Oh, let's see. Maybe I just need to update this. No, Big Jim looks like he came and went. So, uh, hello and goodbye, Big Jim. And Wellman has joined us again. So, uh, excellent. Great that you guys uh, were able to get in here and join the show tonight. So anyway, uh, going back to a, to a theme of uh, miles per gallon, uh, here recently I uh, installed, I'm sorry, uh, here recently I did something that I had been meaning to do for a good long time now. Uh, I wanted to take off the uh, idle air control uh, motor and clean it. And uh, I had noticed that I was progressively uh, having a harder and harder time getting the engine to start first thing in the morning. Now, I think in the afternoon, it, it really wasn't a problem. But in the morning, it, it wouldn't start that first go. I mean, it would start so fast. It was noticeable that it, wasn't, it was having a hard time. It progress, this progressively got worse. And I believe that I tried cleaning the throttle body. I didn't take the throttle body off. I just um, uh, put a, a paper towel in, in there and sprayed and cleaned. And, and there was a lot of gunk in there. I mean... Uh, I, I probably was at the 130,000, 140,000 mark whenever I did this. But uh, uh, I have already changed the throttle position sensor because I was having a little problem with the uh, the uh, um, transmission shifting at one point. And uh, when I would, uh, after driving, I would you know put it in park and I'd I'd run about um, gosh like uh, 1200, 1300 RPM, and it was just strange. So changing the throttle position sensor uh, fixed that. And then I think in a, in a quest to try to help my uh, my gas mileage after changing the O2 sensors and a few other things, uh, I changed the uh, the map sensor. And uh, that didn't make any difference. None that I could tell anyway, no measurable difference. So uh, one of the, the only thing on that throttle body that, I, that was on the throttle body that I hadn't done anything to was the idle air control, the IAC. And I thought uh, I'd read someplace about cleaning it, and uh, I thought uh, that I would try that. Um, I'd also read about the, doing the seafoam thing, which was a lot like the the same thing that I did with uh, my old uh, um, 350 and 327 and transmission fluid, automatic transmission fluid. Just pour that through the carburetor, and you get this this white smoke out. But it would, the automatic transmission fluid had a tendency to to clean things out of the engine, any uh, deposits. And I'm sure it didn't uh, clean it as well as, you know, taking the thing apart and cleaning it up, but it, 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 it made it run better. And if nothing else, it was a hell of a lot of fun because it was like the old-time mosquito sprayers uh, that used to come down the road that, that us as kids would ride through. Boy, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. I think that stuff was DDT. Anyway, big huge white billowing cloud it was just a, a blast to, to do that i'd often thought about uh, setting up a uh, a spare uh windshield uh, wiper reservoir and a feed of, of the automatic transmission fluid in the reservoir that would feed straight into the the uh, the uh God, what is it the bo- the the opening i can't remember what it's called the uh the opening of the uh carburetor and have a kind of a James Bond thing, you know, press a button, it starts pumping automatic transmission fluid into the carburetor and you get all this billowing smoke. Anyway, I never did. And of course I never got arrested. So it, it all worked out for the best. So anyway, I sea foamed it. And, uh, to my amazement, the, the starting, the, uh, hard starting problem went away. And 
after about two days, it came back. And it progressively got worse. I think I seafoamed it again. It went away. And then over two days, it came back. So the, the interesting thing was, as it got worse, not only would it have a hard time starting in the morning, then it started having a hard time starting in the evening. And then it, it, instead of, you know, if I'd go down to Lowe's or someplace and run in and get something, come back out, it used to start right back up. No, now it's, it doesn't want to start first time just after a short trip and a, a short time uh, just being in the store and coming back out. So I've just gotten used to it taking about two to three times to start. It runs a little rough uh, for the, about uh, between two and five seconds. It lines right out. And it's snappy. There's good, good throttle response. Everything runs great. So uh, cleaning the IAC was on my list to do because I thought that would make a difference. Maybe, maybe you know, the seafoam was cleaning stuff up but not cleaning up as good as it needed to be. So uh, I actually removed the throttle body from the intake. And oh my God, the, the hell that I went through trying to change that throttle position sensor I bet you I spent an hour because one of the um, one of the um, I forget the Torx uh, screws that they have holding that thing on messed up, and I had to cut a notch in that thing with uh, a Dremel tool so I could get a screwdriver on it and take it off. And oh, it was it was just horrific. Four simple bolts hold that throttle body onto the intake, and the cables for the um, I guess it would be the transmission kick down, the uh, actually opening and closing of the throttle body itself. They just they just pop right off. Very simple. Take those four bolts off there. Be careful that you don't lose the gasket or damage the gasket that's in between the throttle body and the intake. And you just lift it off. Unhook the electrical connections. At least on the 98, there's three electrical connections because there's the idle air control motor, the TPS sensor, and the MAP sensor pop those electrical connections off and take that thing over to your bench bench b-e-n-c-h and then you can work on it there and uh, uh, i was able to take the idle air controller off real easy uh, and uh, took it out cleaned it be very careful with it because it is delicate don't try to operate the, the the mechanism just clean the thing make it nice and then i also cleaned inside the little uh aperture that it it, it goes in and uh, gave, the, uh, gave the throttle body a, a good going over uh, on clean as well. So um, I was just reading here what, uh, what Wayne was saying. He says, yeah, I've done what Tony's talking about a while back. Wayne, did you see any changes when you did it? Because uh, what I was about to say on the throttle, on the, on the uh, idle air controller, after doing that, I thought I had fixed the problem. I figured that's what it was. The seafoam was cleaning it up a little bit, but wasn't cleaning it thoroughly enough. And I certainly cleaned it thoroughly. And it, uh, boy, it would start right up. Uh, started right up after I got through uh, doing all the cleaning and putting everything back together. <laughs> I don't guess the, the dishwasher would hurt anything because the, the throttle body is just a hunk of metal. As long as you took the sensors off there. Uh, and actually the sensors probably wouldn't make it, probably wouldn't hurt the sensors either. But anyway, the um, certainly wouldn't be heat because you know how hot it gets under the hood of a of a Cherokee. But anyway, uh, I, I put the thing back together, started right up. Uh, after a few hours, I uh, started it up again, started right up. Um, several hours later, started it right up. 
but I left alone all night. And then um, the uh, I started up the next morning. Boy, just started right up. It was a little slow to start, like the battery was a little low or something. Uh, that uh, all day, the the nine hours at work or whatever it was, the eight hours, eight and a half hours at work, went out, went to start it up, started right up. I mean, it was fast, and uh, boy, it just came right up. Then the next day, no, didn't start. It started on the second go, but not on the first. So if, and and I guess we're, I guess it's about, uh, what is today? This is Wednesday, so I, I did all this stuff on Sunday. So, you know, we're three days into it. So what I should see here is it progressively getting worse. And it doesn't get any, it doesn't get so bad that it won't start. But uh, it progressively gets worse. And and it may just be wishful thinking, but uh, I, I seem to see on the, on the, how far I go on the odometer and how far the needle is moving over from, from full, it, it, it seems to be going slower uh like the, it's using less gas so i know that whenever i'm getting when i go from uh full to the 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 first notch which is what is it uh, three eighths i'm sorry seven eighths uh a tank that it's if, if there's eight marks i can't remember but anyway the first mark uh uh before or the the last mark before you get to full i can get if I'm getting 80, if I've gone 80 miles right there, I'm I'm doing pretty good. But it seems to, it doesn't stay with that. It seems to increase uh, as it goes closer to, closer to empty. And that could just be the, the inconsistencies uh, of the measuring. Cause you know, it's not, it's not a precise thing. It just could be inconsistencies of the measuring of the, um, uh, whatever you call the, uh, the analog thing that they have in the tank that the float and, and the, keeping up with the position of the, of the, the fuel of uh, the tank that has the, the fuel in it. I don't know, but I've noticed that whenever it's doing well, I can get to that first notch, uh, after full and, and, and be at 80 miles. And boy, I tell you what, if I could stay there where each notch was 80 miles, I, I think I could get a thousand miles out of a tank, but it, it speeds up and, I think the best I've ever done is around 238 for a tank of gas, and I've got the 20-gallon 20 uh, gallon tank. So anyway, uh, mainly I wanted to tell you uh, that if you're going to change one of the sensors or the idle air controller motor on your throttle body, take the throttle body off. Make sure that you put something in the intake so uh, you don't drop anything in there because if it goes in the intake, it... it, it it's going to go to the top of the piston and start smacking on the, the head and the, uh, the valves. So block that. And, and also, too, uh, before, you put the, uh, before you put the throttle body back on, clean that intake because you'll actually get some carbon buildup inside there as well. And you just want to make that thing nice and shiny and clean. And it's probably not a bad idea to, to do that every so often. I don't know uh, if it needs to be done annually, but... It shouldn't hurt as long as you take your time. Make sure that you don't damage the gasket. You don't want to get any uh, air flows going through anything other than the throttle body. So you want to make sure that gasket is is good. You might actually want to replace it um, whenever you take the th- every time you take the throttle body off. Um, those things can't be that expensive. It was just a a very uh, thin piece of uh, material. 
But uh, cleaning the throttle body might be a good idea uh, as a, a regular routine, especially with our aging uh, Jeep Cherokees. Um, couldn't hurt as long as you do it right. And uh, it is very, very simple. And as, al- and, and, and as always, with any advice that you get, not only here, but also too from xjtalk.com, it, you know, it's your responsibility to take that advice and do what you think's best with it. It's your vehicle. We don't want to tell you to do something that's going to cause damage to your vehicle or keep you from getting back and forth to work or just be having the, the joy of driving your Jeep around. So you need to temper what we tell you with what you know your abilities are. And if you don't feel that you have the ability to, to, to do these things, take it to a certified mechanic. Let them do it for you. Um, many of them will let you watch, if even if it's just outside the bay. And you can uh, maybe get a, a good idea of, uh, of what you can do and uh, try other things. And when your skill level gets to a certain degree where you feel comfortable doing it, then you can do it yourself. But for, uh, for those shade tree mechanics, and uh, you know who you are, it's a very simple thing. I should have taken off the, uh, the throttle body long ago, but uh, I have a little, especially when I'm, when I'm working on something that takes me back and forth to work, I, I'm a little timid in doing things that uh, I haven't done before. And taking the throttle body off that intake was the first time I've ever done it. Uh, I've done other things that have to do with other vehicles, and, you know, so I, I do have past experience in working on vehicles. I've, I've built engines. I've done a lot of things. But there's certain things I haven't done, and I always try to, to bone up on wh- what it is uh, that I should expect to see and what it is that I should expect to do once I'm there. And I feel much more confident, actually, uh, after I've actually done it. So only do the things that you feel comfortable doing and be very careful. You might actually even want to, it seems like everybody has a smartphone these days. You might want to pull out your smartphone and snap a few pictures before you take things apart or as you take things apart. And then you can always pull it back up on your phone and look at it. And so you'll know where things go back. Um, it's, it's, it's very easy to do these days to snap that picture with the uh, with the cell phone, with the smartphone. And while you're at it, since you've got those pictures, upload them to xjtalk.com and tell us what you did. <laughs> so that would work out well for both of us. And, you know, I highly recommend the, the taking the picture thing anytime you do drum breaks. Oh, my God, drum breaks are just horrible. I, I, I'm sure you could do it enough where you don't need to, to take pictures. But uh, never make the mistake of, of taking all the parts off of your drum brakes, both sides. Always leave one there. And even if you're taking pictures, I would still recommend leaving one side put together. Just, just so you can go back and actually look and move around and, and see the details. Because that's a nightmare. I, I want to get some uh, disc brakes on, on the, my, uh, my Chrysler 8.25. But anyway, that's, that's, another, that's another deal, another post, and another show. So, guys, um, we actually have a pretty good turnout tonight with uh, the four viewers we have. But we did have a lot more when the show first started. I'm not sure if it's uh, the show just isn't something that you're interested in. Uh, maybe uh, we've got people that uh, are busy uh, Wednesday nights at, at 8 p.m. Central Time, and they just don't have time to come to the show. Uh, the show is also uh, a podcast, so you can listen to it whenever at work and that might be more convenient for you, and maybe that's why you don't come to the live show. It's not important to me 
if you come to the live show or if you listen to the podcast, um, the recording, as long as it's something that you enjoy and something that you, uh, you know, are, are glad that's going on. So I really could use your feedback, even if it's bad. Um, I need to know what you like hearing on the show. I like knowing, uh, I need to know if it's just me. You just don't like me on the show. Uh, what is it that we can do to make this better for you? I want to build a, a bigger audience. I want to get more in, more involvement. So take the time to drop me an email. Take the time to uh, call the the feedback line and ask a question or let me know what you like about the show. Let me know what you don't like about the show. Let's talk about it. I want to get you guys involved in this. So you guys listening on the podcast, take the time, go to XJ Talk, drop me a line, send me a private message, send me an email, just uh, motorroy at xjtalk.com. If you want to tell me I suck, that's fine. If you can be more descriptive, that's fine too. And and when I say more descriptive, I don't mean like effing suck. (laughs) Tell me what it is that you don't like. If it's something that I can improve, uh, I want to try to do it. So... Uh, please take the time to give me some feedback. Please take the time to to call in questions. Uh, be a part of the show. I don't want it to be just me. I never did. Uh, I, I want involvement. I can't make fun of anybody if you're not in being involved, and and that's the that's the fun for me. So the the feedback number that you can call twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, is five three zero six seven five four one zero two. Five three zero six seven five four one zero two. Just uh, call anything, message. Just leave your name, where you're calling from, and uh, you know your comments on the site, uh, the show, the site, any of it. I want to know what we can do to make it better. We're also on Facebook. Uh, I think we got about uh, six or seven hundred uh, friends on Facebook now, and I know that we've gotten a few. Uh, new members from Facebook, and I think several of them are um, outside the country. Germany, uh, Russia, uh, Serbia, uh, where else? Uh, Chile, and it's uh, all the all the members are. are I'm all, always interested in uh, members on the site, where no matter where they are. But it just tickles me whenever somebody has a Jeep Cherokee in another country. And often those are, are, are Jeeps that aren't like ours. They're green, or their steering wheel is on the wrong side. It's like they're, they're, they work for the post office, but in another country. So it's just really exciting to me, especially uh, whenever they, they post pictures. There's, there's more things similar about us than there are dissimilar. So I just think it's really cool when I see uh, Jeeps from other country and, and members from other country uh, coming into XJ Talk. Members of the Jeep Cherokee fraternity. So guys, look for us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash XJ Talk. We're also on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash XJ Talk. And, uh, you know, get on there. Interact. Be part of the community. So, guys, thanks so much for uh, for listening. Thank you guys for uh, downloading and listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll catch you next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. 
Guys, have a great week.